Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the Bruni Basketball Podcast on the Bengal Tiger on Three uh, Podcast, I guess network, if you want to call it. Um, trying this out, um, just going to get on here, talk basketball every now and then. Uh, figure it fills the gaps for some of our basketball people. I'm going to try to do it right after games as much as possible, so that way it's instant. Um, for, for y'all to listen to in the morning or the, the night, uh, whenever y'all want to listen to it. Um, I told myself <clears throat> if LSU lost to Arkansas, I would do it after the women's game, right? So I said if they beat if they lose to Arkansas and then the women's game, which I'm really excited for, that's tomorrow on Thursday. Well, I'm recording this at 12, 15 a.m. So I guess today uh, at 6 p.m. at Arkansas, it's going to be a really, really fun game there. I'm looking forward to that. Um, a lot, but the men went out and got the job done at home in the PMAC against Arkansas, um, 60 to 57 for those watching on YouTube. I got the stats up, uh, right in front of me, uh, or on the screen for y'all as well. And wow, didn't see that one coming. I mean, what, what more can you say? A 60 to 57 win over a number nine team in the country. And Albeit Arkansas was without, you know, Trevon Brazil's out for the year. Um, Nick Smith is out for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, but they still, you have Anthony Black, you have uh, Council, um, you have Jordan Walsh, Makai Mitchell. These are all like r- real players here. And LSU went out and won the game. Like it wasn't, like it, we'll get into it in a bit. 
from a talent perspective and consistency perspective, I don't expect LSU to be have a better record than Arkansas when the SEC play is done. Like, especially if Arkansas gets our, gets Nick Smith back, I think they'll be all right. With that being said, LSU led the game for 19 minutes, only trailed for 14 minutes, was tied for almost seven minutes. Like, it was a real basketball game here. And there's a lot I want to get to, but I think – when, when starting to describe this game, um, I think if we go back to where we were before the game and I did a video on Twitter about why I thought Arkansas would win the game, there's a lot of reasons. But the first being Arkansas ranked, and this is after tonight, so you can adjust accordingly or whatever, but um, currently ranks 33rd in the country in two-point percentage. They're the ninth tallest team in the country. They don't shoot a lot of threes. They're 300, they were 353 fifth and three-point attempt rate coming into the game. So LSU was going to have pressure on its defense on the inside the entire night. I thought that meant trouble for K.J. Williams, maybe some fouls. We know Derek Fallon and Jalen Reed are fine, but they're not the you know the high-flying rim protectors. McMahon even said after the game he was worried about their rim protection. Um, Kendall Coleman couldn't play in this game. Sean Phillips had some minutes. Like I didn't think he could play in this game either. So that was my concern coming into the game, right? And what ended up happening was LSU collapsed the paint, played a little bit of zone, and they forced a team that doesn't like to shoot threes to shoot threes. It sounds very, very basic and fundamental, but the flexibility of Matt McMahon in this game, I thought was on full display. And I want to—I I got on them throughout the non-conference season of, you know, barely beating Wofford, barely beating UT Arlington, barely beating all these. Bad teams, yeah, you know, teams outside the top 100. They hadn't played a team inside the top 50 all all year, and so now, even though I got on them in those games, I think he was showing in those games that they are flexible and they can win in a multitude of ways. Like they can win in different ways. Then that was on full display tonight. They played 11 guys, like they played nine guys, double digit minutes. Arkansas played five guys pretty much the whole game. And that type of flexibility, that type of ability to, if something's not working here, okay, well, we can throw Sean Phillips out there for however many minutes he played, uh, five minutes, and play a zone and and kind of still have Arkansas off balance. Like, we can start isolating Trey Hannibal late in the game. Like, we um, – Adam Miller – was like a kind of a just de facto backup point guard at times with, with justice Williams, even though, because juice Hill didn't have it going tonight. So, you know, we thought coming into this game, coming into this conference season, it would have had to be, it, it was going to have to be cam Hayes, Adam Miller at the guard spots, filling up and then KJ Williams continue to do what he did. And they're going to shrink the rotation. We all thought they were going to shrink the rotation. Like no, Imani Wilkinson, no Jalen, or I mean, less Jalen Reed. Uh, definitely not any Sean Phillips, definitely not much um, Kendall Coleman, and very limited Trey Hannibal. We thought the starting five, some Trey Hannibal, some Justice Williams, and some Jalen Reed. Like I thought that would be the eight. And then he goes out and plays Imani Wilkinson 11 minutes. And Imani Wilkinson was a plus nine. And plus minus is very, very fluky, but Imani Wilkinson was a plus nine. Right? Trey Hannibal was a plus ten. Justice Williams was a plus nine. Like, J- 
Jalen Reed was a minus five, but still, you get what I'm saying here. They they're able to play different lineups in different situations, and when one player doesn't have it, they can go to a different option. And while I don't think Justice Williams um, or Trey Hannibal are direct replacements for Justice Juice Hill or Cam Hayes, but on a night like this where Cam Hayes and Just Juice Hill clearly didn't have it combined to go three of twelve, I mean you have different options. And another aspect, if you want to get into to like the nitty gritty type stuff, just and I haven't rewatched the game yet. I probably will at some point, but um, there's a lot of good basketball tomorrow. I'm excited for. Trey Hannibal was perfect to attack this Arkansas defense. Like if you go back and watch the tape, McMahon mentioned after the game, Arkansas did a fantastic job of taking away Cam Hayes and Juice Hill and Adam Miller from the perimeter and staying suffocated to them. And K.J. Williams as well. Let's remember K.J. Williams is an elite three-point shooter now at this point in his career. They stay hugged up on all of them, just start isolating Trey Hannibal, start pick-and-rolling, pick-and-popping Trey Hannibal, and just let him go to work. To have a guy like that be able to go off in this situation is uh, something that I I didn't consider. I, I can't sit here in front. He was shooting 38% from the field, and he can't shoot the ball from three. What do you want me to say? I like there was no signs of this being possible. But again, when you play nine guys double digit minutes and you can fit the puzzle pieces in puzzle pieces in different ways, and you figure out, okay, this could be the Trey Hannibal game. That is incredible coaching. That is an incredible job from McMahon to be able to to see that. And I think he saw before the game too because he put her handball in early and he was the first sub off the bench, which he has been before, but like it felt early and then he got him the ball. Hannibal shot a three. Like it felt like Hannibal was like, okay, I've been told this is a game that I need to be aggressive in. And he was, and it really worked. I mean, the isolation buckets at the end against Devo Davis, I don't know what to say. I just... I, I was waiting for the clock to strike midnight, but it never did. And he carried LSU to a win. I mean, Trey Hannibal, you got to give him credit. I mean, I thought he was pretty awful in the first 11 games of the year. For 12 games, they were 11-1. But he stepped up, and he stepped up in the biggest game of the season so far. What else do you – What uh, you can't say anything. You can't. Like, if he goes the rest of the season and doesn't put up 10 points – he still won this Arkansas game for them. And this game could be the difference in them making the tournament and not making the tournament. Like, or them getting a six seed instead of an eight seed. Like those type of things. This win, if Arkansas continues, which I think they're going to be fine. I think Arkansas is going to be fine. But if Arkansas is, ends up being a top 20 team in the country at the end of the year, this is a win that could very well change the uh, the postseason implications for LSU. So I, I think that's an interesting point. Um and again, the same goes defensively as well. Like offensively, they're able to be flexible, but defensively, you can um, kind of mask some deficiencies here. And I think Juice Hill, I have I, Juice Hill is the most concerning part of this game for me. Like if we want to talk concerns of this game, I'm very, very worried about Juice Hill. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe he'll come out and you know be really solid and make some threes um, in the next game, but. Man, he was off. He was off. He was just off. I don't know what to say. Um, I let me let me look up his stats real quick before I. Yeah, he's he's now fourteen of nine, forty nine from three on the year, twenty eight percent, and twenty five of seventy one from two, thirty five percent. Like, and it's crazy because I thought maybe there was a chance him coming from Murray State that he would be able to um, 
how do I say this? He would be able to come off the screens, be able to shoot and just have more talent around him. So he'd be able to just really, really go. Um, that hasn't quite been the case. It hasn't quite been the case. He has a pretty high assist rate, which I'm, I'm happy about. And he has a low turnover rate. Um, but at the end of the day, you need guys that can put the ball in the basket on this team. And Juice Hill has not been able to do that at all. And he looked really overwhelmed by the size and length of Anthony Black and Arkansas's de- defense. I mean, I, I talked to myself during games. I was like, how many passes did he have that were deflected, right? Like constantly just trying to ball fake and get around or throw it over the top, just deflect, deflect, deflect. Even if they weren't steals, it just threw the timing off of everything. And so that's why when Justice Williams got in the game, and he can get to the rim and finish. He can make the entry pass to Derek Fountain where he turns around and gets fouled. Like those situations are huge, are huge. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more Justice Williams moving forward. Not saying he's going to start over Justice Hill, but Williams, I think, in the long term, especially in closing lineups against bigger teams like Arkansas, um, I think that's where we'll start to see Juice, uh, Justice Williams a little bit more there but you know uh t- move on from that o- overall there's really no other talking points here i think Derek fallon was fine 14 and 10 um you'll never see me just as a disclaimer as a guy who gets overly excited about rebounds as far as statistically goes offensive rebounds i am though offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds um it's more of a team thing you know box outs work differently with different teams where guards are more inter- interactive or involved rather um some teams just have their fives box out and let the twos and the threes go get it regardless he had four offensive rebounds and that's huge Uh, it's a team in lsu that i was worried about coming into the conference play i was worried about them against size and i'm still kind of am i didn't think it was completely quelled but kj is really really freaking tough Derek fallon's really really tough um after that i don't know what they do because i don't think jalen reed is quite ready uh kendall coleman's definitely not not ready uh sean phillips i don't really want there but so that it is a concern the front court depth but you have those two at the to start and uh, i'm happy with that so um yeah we'll see how that goes um anything else from the game before we move on to big picture i don't want to keep this too long keep about 20 minutes uh and just kind of keep it moving but yeah great game um adam miller again two of nine not the best. I just his explosiveness is clearly limited from the injury. Like I saw him in practice before last year, and I thought, I I just think it's a different player, and it's gonna take some time for him to. It's gonna take some time for him to adjust to not being as explosive as he has been his entire life. Now I think he can adjust, and I think he's a good enough basketball player to get there. But you see him, there was a shot where he drove in the lane, and he was like, I can't get to the rim. And I can't create contact because I can't get the you know bump to where I can get the shot off. So he did like a little fading runner, and it missed. And I was like, it's adjusting. It's adjusting. Figuring out which shots are going to work where is going to be a real challenge for him. Um, this really the entire season. That's why him making those threes early on was huge. And I think that's going to continue to be big. He has to shoot the ball well from three. Okay, let me pull up the um, SEC schedule real quick because that's the last thing we're going to hit on here. Uh, SEC basketball scoreboard. Here we go. Um, <laughs> we're in an interesting situation here with the SEC. 
I think everybody realizes that now. Um, I think everybody realized that going in. Um, Alabama beats Mississippi State on the road. I actually that's the only game I didn't get any eyes on. Uh, saw a little bit of Missouri beating Kentucky. Saw a little bit of Auburn beating Florida. Saw a little bit of Tennessee beating Mississippi, Ole Miss rather, and LSU beating Arkansas. Obviously, oh, I did not see Alabama and Mississippi State. So good for them. The 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 hierarchy might even be more open than I thought. Like that's really what I want to say, and that's that's the the punchline right there. It might be a more open SEC than even I thought. And I thought it was going to be pretty freaking open after the top four. Like, I thought you had your top four in Alabama, Arkansas, um, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Those were the four. I thought Mississippi State and Auburn had questions. I thought they could be good, but I didn't know. But you had your four. I don't think Kentucky should be in that four top group anymore. I think if Arkansas gets Nick Smith back, I think they're still in that top group. Like, I think it's Alabama, Tennessee – Probably Arkansas, and then everybody else is just fair game. That is an interesting freaking point. Because now we look at LSU, and if you look at LSU's schedule, we have to look at this team a little, di- a little bit differently, right? Just, just, just a little bit differently. They got Kentucky up next on the road. I'm still going to think Kentucky wins that game. Like, Kentucky lost on the road to Missouri. Missouri, that's a really, really hot team, a really good team. I like Missouri a lot. But I think, and that's another thing, for those who maybe aren't, I don't know, haven't watched a ton of college basketball in their lives or whatever, just trying to get caught up on what happens in college basketball or why these teams are winning or not winning on the road, uh, it's hard to win on the road in college basketball. It's just really hard, especially early on when teams hadn't been haven't been exposed to it like now in conference play. It's gonna be really freaking hard. And uh, LSU has not played a true road game to this point. Neither had Arkansas. I don't believe. I don't think Arkansas played a true road game. The PMAC showed out and made an incredible difference in that game. The same's gonna that's gonna be the case when LSU goes to Kentucky. I don't be shocked if Kentucky if that Kentucky game looks like Auburn last year. Remember Auburn last year when LSU hadn't played a real road game, I don't think, in the non-conference, and then all of a sudden showed up at Auburn and got thumped? That's what it could look like. And Kentucky coming off a loss, blah, 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 blah. So I'm just saying prepare for that. Regardless, we look at the rest of the schedule, it's like A&M, Florida, Bama, Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas, Te- um, well, not Tech, Missouri, Bama, Mississippi State, A&M, Georgia, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Miss- Ole Miss, Missouri, Florida. Like, if this team can just get a little bit better offensively, a little bit more consistent, it could be a team that reaches 500 in conference. And I don't have to tell you how impressive that would be considering the situation they were in back in April where every single player was in the transfer portal, where he didn't have a team, where they're piecing together this team, where they had three guys from Murray State come in three returners and the rest transfers and freshmen and none of the freshmen can play right now. Like think about that. Every other team in the country, that's a top 50 program. Probably I'm just spitballing right now, but every other team in the top 50, if I had to guess, and LSU still in Kemp, I'm not in the top 50 They're 76 still, but whatever you get what I'm saying has a freshman that they can rely on in their rotation, their eight man rotation. 
Jalen Reed might be in the eight-man rotation, but I'm just saying you have Jalen Reed, Tyra Ward, Sean Phillips, and Cornelius Williams. Four, four freshmen, none of them can contribute. So you are really making this like a patch-together team. If they go 9-9 nine nine in conference, I can't. I can't. You have to just sing the praises of Matt McMahon um, at the highest points because that would be an incredible season. Now, I do think the SEC is down quite a bit in basketball compared to last year. Um, I do think it's going to beat itself up a lot, but it's probably more deep than it was last year too, right? Like just as far as quality teams go. Um, I mean, LSU finished what last year? I don't I don't have it in front of me. I'm not going to guess. But regardless, if Missouri continues to play well, if Florida gets going, which I think it can, um, you really only have th- three – you have three bad teams, right? Georgia, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. You have AM, who I don't think is good. I think they're the fourth worst team, which is crazy. Um, and then everybody else, you got LSU, which we saw tonight what they're capable of. Uh, Ole Miss, I saw I watched them push Tennessee. I think they can be a very, very solid team moving forward. And everybody else. So while – and this is the point. I'm, I, I think a bigger point I'm trying to make is none of these games are going to be easy – except maybe South Carolina, you know, maybe Vanderbilt and Georgia. So you have those games and they play, they only play each of those teams once. Let's I've mentioned that before. They have a pretty tough schedule. They only play those three teams once they play everybody else or a lot of other teams twice. So those three games, maybe let's just, let's just pencil them in as wins, right? You know, Georgia's on the road. A&M, they have twice home and home. Let's just say they split them. All right. That's four and one right there. You already have one win in the bank. So I'll put you a five and a one. All these other games, while I don't think LSU is going to go into these games as like significant favorites, I don't think they should be significant favorites. All these games are winnable for LSU right now at this point. And all these teams, I think you look at Florida, you look at Ole Miss, you look at Mississippi State, I think even maybe Auburn to a degree. All of them, I think, are on a similar footing of what LSU is right now, where we don't really know what this team these teams are capable of and we're just gonna have to find out over the next few weeks and that's why i love sec play that's why i love conference play because then you that's when the rubber meets the road and so far lsu has passed his first test so um think about it this way if they lose to kentucky but beat a and m in florida they're three and one three and one that would be an incredible incredible start just an incredible start. So uh, we were looking at the first seven games or first, I think it was first seven games of this conference play. And we we're like, if they just make it two and five or no, I think it was the first eight games. I was like, if they may go three and five, I'm thrilled. Well, that want to know. So, all right. That's all we, that's all I got for y'all today. Um, hope y'all enjoyed it. Um, I won't do one of these a ton. Uh, if anything, I'll try to do it, include the women's side on it as well. But I think for tomorrow, I'm just going to end up writing a, a recap or takeaway story from it. So check that out on the site. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, basketball season. Love basketball season. As you all, I don't know if you all know that or not. I'm a big basketball guy. Uh, stole this from Indianapolis. Uh, this too. Road to Final Four. Uh, yeah. So big basketball guy. Spurs posters here. So uh, always love ball. But appreciate you all for joining me. Uh, we will talk to y'all later. I'll get this up on the podcast side as well. So check that out. Uh, leave us a five-star rating review for wherever you're listening. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. It is 
almost one o'clock. So that's why my eyes are red. I got to take my contacts out. Wow. Whew. All right. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk to you later. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.